God values you and wants to increase the blessings in your life. This message is the seventh in the series, Teach Us to Pray. The message is entitled, Increase Us, Part One. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. We're involved in a series of messages on prayer. We've been talking about the importance of learning how to pray. And we're going to continue that series this weekend. And I want to talk to us about what I'm going to call or reference as a scripture, I believe references the increase us prayer. So grab your Bibles, your teaching sheets are there for you online as well. All the notes and all the chat hosts will be providing information about the notes as well. So let's dive in to today's teaching time. There was, a, there was a moment when one of Jesus' disciples came to him and made a request. In fact, the request was one that I think really resonates with each one of us. The request was, Lord, teach us to pray. This is found in Luke chapter 11, verse number one. The disciple comes and says, Jesus, in essence, he's saying, Jesus, we have been quite impressed with the way you pray. You pray differently than others pray. We want to learn to pray your way. Teach us to pray as John the Baptist taught his disciples. In response to that, Jesus gave us a model prayer, and that model prayer is recorded several times in the Gospels, but I'm going to draw your attention back again to Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, where Jesus gave us what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer or the model prayer. In response to the question or the request, teach us to pray, Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And some translations will add, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, in this model prayer, there's some things that you find that are very specifically mentioned, things like forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil, very specific prayers. But also, there's implied a number of prayers in this particular passage. When Jesus says, pray that the kingdom of heaven would come from heaven to earth, there are a lot of things that are implied in that. And one of those things that is, that, are, that is implied in that particular request, Lord, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, is something called, I'm going to refer to, as I said, the increase us prayer. Lord, bring increase into our lives. And perhaps the best example of the increase prayer is actually found in the Old Testament. It's the story of a man by the name of Jabez and a prayer that he prayed. And so to lay the foundation for today's message, and also we'll be talking about this theme next weekend as well, so we're going to have a two-part element to this increase us prayer. But there's this moment, this foundational moment that is recorded in scripture of Jabez praying this very specific prayer and how God responds to him. First Chronicles chapter four, verses nine and 10. Listen, as I read for you, the increase us prayer that Jabez prayed. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. That's prayer. I think we would all agree. He cried out to the God of Israel. And here's the prayer. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. Notice the last statement here. And God granted his request. 
There are very few, actually, this is the only verse, the only two verses that we have in the Bible about this particular man, Jabez. We know very little about him, very little about his family background. All we know is that his mother had given birth to him in pain, most likely emotional pain. He'd been given the name Jabez, which means pain that as it relates to the whole idea that Jabez was reminded every time his name was called of pain in his life. And in fact, he had some brothers that were very dishonorable, dishonorable, but Jabez was different than his brothers, and he prayed a prayer. He is known by the prayer that he prayed. How would you like to be known by the prayer that you prayed? It's recorded in the Bible. There was something about Jabez's prayer that caused God to make sure that prayer needs to be in the Bible. That prayer needs to be a reminder to everyone of the kind of prayers that I respond to. And he prayed very specifically for some things. It was a basic prayer that he prayed, but nevertheless, very powerful. He asked for increase. He asked for blessing. He asked for increased capacity. He asked for increased anointing. He asked for increased protection and provision and care. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be upon me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. This is an increase us prayer, and it was a prayer that God answered. Now, I believe that this, this prayer of Jabez is recorded in the Bible because I, I believe that God wants to teach each one of us, including you, how to pray the increase us prayer and to remind us, in fact, that we can pray the increase us prayer with confidence. And we're going to talk about some of the elements, some of the aspects of that in just a moment. But again, I want to lay a bit of a foundation. Abraham was a man who was increased by God. Going all the way back to the historical beginning of the people of Israel, the Hebrew people, as God called Abraham to leave his home territory, Ur of the Chaldees, and go to the land of Canaan, God gave him a promise. It was a promise that included increase. Listen to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. There's that word again, the very thing that Jabez asked of God, bless me. Now God is promising Abraham, I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. In other words, God says, I'm going to do something incredible in your life so that through your life, you can bring incredible things to others. I will bless you. I will increase you so that through that increase, you can be a blessing to those around us. Now, I want to, as, I, as I'm saying this, this, this weekend, I want to lay this foundation because it's so vital to understanding where we're going in this part of the series. God wants to increase blessings in your life, but not just to bless you. God wants to increase your life so that through the increase of your life, you can be a blessing to the people around you. Now, the blessing of God, the increase of God in our lives never makes our lives perfect and problem-free. It doesn't mean you're going to get everything that you want in life. But there is a sense in which God wants to continually increase the things of eternal value and worth in your life so that you'll be blessed in your relationship with him and blessed in your relationships with other people. And that there can be a spillover from your lives to other people so that God's blessings flowing into you can flow through you to the people around you. There's an overflowing life and that overflowing life requires increase. So I want to talk uh, very specifically this weekend about four areas of increase that you and I need to pray for in our lives. 
If there's going to be a spillover from our lives, even like Jabez prayed, or even as God promised Abraham, a spillover effect from our lives to bless other people around us, we need to increase in these four areas. We'll look at four this weekend, and then I'll share four more with you next weekend. So here, let's, let's look at these together. Number one, we need to have a prayer that is prayed simply like this, Lord, would you increase my wisdom? You know, the greatest increase you'll ever have in life is the increase of wisdom. Listen to Proverbs 3, 13 through 18. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding, for wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths. All her ways are satisfying. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly. The Bible says that when you find wisdom and gain understanding, it brings joy to your life, that wisdom is more profitable than silver, it's more precious than rubies. So one of the greatest gifts you'll ever have in your life, one of the greatest things that can ever increase in your life is to have an increase of wisdom. Proverbs 4, 7 and 8, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. If you prize wisdom, that if you go after it, if you seek the increase of wisdom, if you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her and she will honor you. There was a third king of Israel by the name of Solomon who happened to be David's son. And uh, as Solomon comes on the throne after his father David had died, he now faces a big responsibility. Obviously, David had been a tremendous king for Israel. Everyone loved, or at least many people loved David and his rule, his administration. And so Solomon comes on the scene, and now he's got to take over and fill the shoes of his father David. And there's a moment when he's now meeting. Solomon is meeting with God. He has an opportunity of prayer. And in this moment, something very unique happens. It's recorded in 1 Kings chapter 3. Let me read verse number 5. That night, that's the night when Solomon was there at the place of worship. That night, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, and God said, what do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. So God shows up in Solomon's life and says, Solomon, what do you want me to give you? Anything you want, I promise you, I'll give it to you. Think about if God were to show up in your life and ask you a question like that. What do you want? What would you ask for? Well, the Bible is very clear in terms of what Solomon asked for. Notice verse number nine. Here's his response to God's appeal to him. What do you want me to give you? And here's Solomon's declaration, his prayer. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people, govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong for who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours. And notice verse number 10, the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for, what did he ask for? He asked for wisdom. And so there in that moment, God gave him wisdom, many other blessings as well. But God is very pleased with the fact that Solomon in seeking increase and in, in he could have asked for anything, but he asked for increase in wisdom. One of the greatest prayers that you and I will ever pray is God, would you increase the wisdom of my life? And we're told to pray for an increase of wisdom. James chapter one, verse five says, if you need wisdom, if you want 
an increase of wisdom in your life. Ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. So what I would commit to you or submit to you this, this weekend is when you think about the increase that is needed in your life, think about how many more folks you could bless if you were a wiser person. If you had greater wisdom in your life, you could be a greater blessing to your family. You could be a greater blessing in your workplace. You could be a greater blessing in your community. You would have a richer life yourself because of the wisdom that would be not only in you, but pouring through you to people around you. Pray the prayer, God, I'm asking you to increase my wisdom. It was a prayer that Solomon prayed and God was honored and pleased that he prayed that prayer. He'll be honored and pleased when you pray that prayer as well. The second increase us prayer is, is a very simple but powerful prayer is, Lord, increase my love. Not only increase my wisdom, but increase my love. Increasing love, more love in our lives is really essential to the kind of life that Jesus wants us to live. The Jesus kind of life is a life that is based in love. Many times in scripture, the Bible refers to us not only loving God, but loving one another. It's the essence of what Jesus came to demonstrate to us. For God demonstrated his own love to us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So even in Christ's death, his resurrection, there was the demonstration of the love of God, and he calls us to do the same. And without increasing love in your life, you'll never be everything that God wants you to be. Until your love grows, you're going to be stifled in your capacity to be an impact for God to and with other people. There's a great passage of scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3 for you from the Passion Translation because I want you to listen to what the Bible says to us about the kind of love that needs to be demonstrated in our lives. And perhaps it might be wise, as we talked about a moment ago, for us to evaluate ourselves and say, you know, how am I doing in these love categories? Listen to what it says here. If I were to speak with the eloquence or with eloquence in earth's many languages, and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. Did you hear what Paul said? Paul said, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but I, I don't have love, I'm just like a, a clanging cymbal, not a pleasant sounding cymbal, but a clanging cymbal, something that just gets on someone's nerves. I can't really communicate well if I don't have love. I can be eloquent, but if there's not love there, it's not going to communicate the very thing it needs to, to communicate. It's just a clanging cymbal. And then verse two says, and if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith and could move mountains, but have never learned to love, then I am nothing. Paul says, I could prophesy about amazing things regarding the future. I could have incredible supernatural knowledge and revelation. I might even have an, an amazing gift of faith that I could speak to a mountain and cause it to move with my faith. But, but if I didn't have love, he says, I'm nothing. So again, he's boiling everything down to the importance, the essence of love in our lives. Verse three, and if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I own to feed the poor and to offer my body to, to be burned as a martyr without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. Paul says, I could outwardly be generous. I could do nice and charitable things, benevolent things, 
humanitarian things, but if it was not motivated by the purity of love, the love of God, then in essence, it's not going to gain me anything of value. What I want you to see is that to God, love is everything. God is love. The essence of God's character and God's nature is love. The reason that we're able to even respond to God is because of his love expressed to us in Jesus. As I mentioned a moment ago in Romans 5, 8, God showed his love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so God says, I've shown you my love, and now I want you to be filled, increasingly filled with my love so that you express that love to the people in the world around you. See, our capacity to love, to love God and love others needs to be stretched. It needs to grow. We need to become bigger and better at love. Would you agree with that in your life, that you need to become bigger and better at love? I know that I do. I want to express more of God's love through my life. Scripture very clearly challenges us to grow, to increase in love, and increasing in love involves prayer. Look at Paul, what he writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12, the living Bible. And may the Lord, here's a prayer. He's praying a prayer. May the Lord make your love to do what? To grow and overflow to each other and to everyone else, just as our love do does toward you. Paul says, I am praying. I'm earnestly praying that your love will grow. Your love will increase. Your love will overflow to each other and to everyone else just as our love do does toward you. Think about the world in which we live today. There's an old song that says what the world needs now is, is love, and it's never, never been untrue. It's always through from century to century, from decade to decade. Our world needs love, but not just a human kind of love. They need to experience the love of God in their lives, and we as God's people are called to demonstrate that to not just our brothers and sisters in Christ. Certainly, it starts there, not just our families. It certainly starts there, but to everyone. Our world needs to see love flowing through us. When you find it difficult to love, do you pray? When your love is being tested and stretched, do you pray? When you're tempted to retaliate towards someone who has hurt you or said something nasty about you or treated you in a way that feels unfair, are you willing to respond in love? Do you pray for increased love in your life? When we talk about the increase us prayer, we're talking about having God do things in us that allow our lives to be bigger, bigger, greater increase in wisdom and certainly an increase in love. Oh God, would you allow your love to flow through me in ever increasing measure? The third prayer that we're going to talk about this weekend is the prayer, the increase us prayer, Lord, increase my faith. So increase my wisdom and Lord, increase my love. And thirdly, increase my faith. Do you want to please God? There's a question for you. Do you want to please God? I know that you do. And the reason that I know that you want to please God is because you're, you're watching this message this weekend. Out of all the things that you've chosen to do this week, and you've chosen to take time out of your schedule to actually sit and listen to the word of God, to worship God and to listen to his word. And so that says something very wonderful about you. It says that you have a desire to please God. You want to know more about him. You want to please him with your life. You would not be watching if that were not the case. But the question is then, how do we actually please him? How do we translate that desire into a reality. How do you actually please God? And one of the ways that 
that you and I actually please God is by exercising, developing, growing, exercising, increasing our faith. Listen to Hebrews 11, verse 6. And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we, for we come to God in faith, knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking him. The Bible says if you want to please God, you do so by increasing, demonstrating, showing your faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So I think that you would agree with me that if pleasing God requires faith, what I want is an increased faith in my life. So how has your faith increased? Well, the Bible is very clear on that as well. In Romans 10, verse 17, the Bible says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So actually, when you hear God's word, when you read God's word, when God's word gets inside of you, one of the effects of the word of God is the production of faith. Hearing the word actually produces faith. So one way your faith increases is by hearing, receiving, taking in the word of God. But you also increase your faith through prayer. It's important to pray on a consistent basis. God, I'm asking you to make my faith bigger. I don't want a smaller faith. I don't want to shrink up and believe less. I want to increase and believe more. I want my faith to be stretched out. I don't want to go through life becoming smaller. I want to go through life becoming a bigger person, a person who believes for bigger things from you and believes your promises and holds fast to them and trust in them. Even the apostles needed this. They prayed to the Lord this prayer. In fact, it's recorded in Luke 17, verse number five. The apostles said to the Lord. So in essence, they were praying. The apostles, we could say, prayed to the Lord. They said to the Lord, what was their prayer? Read it with me. Increase our faith. So they're praying for the increase of their faith. In Mark chapter 9, verse 24, there was a, a man who had a, a young boy, a son, who was a demoniac. He was demonized by terrible demons that were afflicting his life in a significant way. And so he had brought his boy to Jesus for, for uh, an answer, for deliverance. And Jesus said, do you believe that I can deliver him? And they have a discourse about that. And then, um, then the Bible says that this man responded to Jesus with these words in Mark 9, 24. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. So here you see a man who is has a big need in his life. He wants to see his son delivered from demonic bondage. And so he knows that his faith is not quite where it needs to be. And so he, he prays the prayer, Lord, I believe, but I'm still struggling with some unbelief. Would you help me overcome my unbelief? Would you allow my faith to be increased? And indeed that miracle happened. So you and I need to pray for stronger, increased faith. Think about how your life could be so much better if your faith was stronger if your trust in God was stronger, how much more peace would you have in your life? What a greater witness you and I would be for Jesus if our faith was even stronger. And so we pray, Lord, increase my wisdom. Lord, increase my love. And Lord, increase my faith. And the fourth one, the final one that I want to talk to you about this weekend is, Lord, increase your favor in my life. So wisdom, love, faith, and favor. Say it with me. Wisdom, love, faith, and favor. This is the increase us prayer. The favor of God is a very real thing. It makes the difference in what our lives become or what our lives fail to become. 
You and I need the favor of God. Favor is necessary to actually fulfill God's purpose and God's will for your life. Because only through the favor of God can there be the fullness of God's expression through you. God wants to favor your life. And God gives favor to people. Favor really represents just the benevolent goodness of God to do for you what you could never do for yourself. I'll come to it in a moment to open doors for you that you could never open for yourself, to grant opportunities for you that you could never produce yourself. And so God gives favor to people. Listen to Psalm 5 verse 12. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. Notice this. You surround them with, note the word favor as with a shield. God, you surround us with your favor. Psalm 35 verse 5. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Psalm 84, verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows, or he gives favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Acts chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. Because the patriarchs were jealous of Joseph, they sold him as a slave into Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles. He gave Joseph wisdom and enabled him to gain the goodwill of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So Pharaoh made him ruler over Egypt and all his palace. This is referring to the favor of God upon a young man named Joseph in the Old Testament. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. He goes into Potiphar's house. You can read the story starting in Genesis chapter 37. He goes into a house of an Egyptian captain by the name of Potiphar. And eventually, while he's succeeding there, he's, he's falsely accused of committing a crime and ends up in prison. And he, and he languishes away in prison. He's a prisoner in an Egyptian jail. And he's a Hebrew. He's not even an Egyptian. And so there was nothing going for him. There was no breaks that Joseph had in his life. Joseph simply tried to be the best person he could be, but God was watching over Joseph's life. And at the right moment, God took that prisoner, a Hebrew prisoner in an Egyptian prison and caused him to have favor upon his life. So he becomes the prime minister of Egypt, all because of the favor of God. It is amazing what God can do when favor is on your life. Psalm 90 verse 17. This is a prayer for favor. You and I need to pray for increased favor. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Another prayer in Psalm 106 verse number four. Remember me, Lord, when you show favor to your people. Come to my aid when you save them. So he's praying, the psalmist is praying a prayer. God, I am asking you to reveal, to show, to increase favor over my life. My life. When God's favor shows up in your life, it opens doors for you that no one can shut and shuts doors that no one can open and by the way, we need both things in our life. You need doors to open for you that no one can shut and doors to shut that no one can open. And that's exactly what favor will do for you. Revelation 3 verse 7, Passion Translation says, Write the following to the messenger of the congregation of Philadelphia. For these are the solemn words of the Holy One, the true one, who has David's key, who opens doors, is talking here about Jesus, who opens doors that, no, that none can shut and who closes doors that none can open. 
You and I need to pray the prayer, Lord, increase your favor over my life. When we talk about the increase us prayer, there's tremendous precedent in the Bible for us to pray it. Jabez gave us the example. Abraham gave us the example. We see it throughout the book of Psalms where there are prayers that are recorded for the favor of God. We see God's favor resting upon people from generation to generation. We see God's blessing rest upon people from generation to generation because they prayed the increased prayer. And so let me encourage you to start praying that in your life. When you kneel down to pray, as you're praying through that model prayer or whatever prayer model you use in your life, whatever way you go about your prayer time, don't ever forget to pray, God, I'm asking you to do for me what you did for Jabez. Increase, increase, Lord, my wisdom. Give me greater wisdom than I've ever had before. Lord, I'm asking you to increase my love. God, there's some people in my life that I'm having a, a challenging time showing love to, and I need a, a greater dimension of your love to not only be in me, but to be expressed through me to those around me. And God, I'm asking you to increase my faith. Lord, there are bigger things that I know that you want to do through my life as I pray and, and as I serve you. And God, I want to be a person of faith. I don't want to be a person of unbelief. Would you increase my faith? And then God, there are things that I can't do for myself. I need you to open doors that no one can shut and to shut doors that no one can open. I'm asking God that you would increase the favor over my life. And every one of these prayers are prayers that God says, okay, I'll do that for you. I'll give you greater wisdom. I'll give you a greater dimension of faith. I'll give you a greater dimension of love. I'll give you a greater dimension of favor because you've asked me for something that pleases me. Why don't we pray together right now? Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity we've had this weekend together around your word. We're so very grateful for the Word of God and how it guides us and teaches us and shows us how to not only live, but also how to pray. And Father, I pray that each one of us would, would gain a vision for praying this increase us prayer. Lord, we want to see increase in our lives. We ask you to truly, Lord, help us to be people who are growing and increasing, Lord, in these various dimensions in wisdom and in love and in faith and in favor. And we thank you, Lord, that just like you did it for Jabez, you will do it for us. We submit these things to you today in the powerful and the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen and amen. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus... I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.